Welcome back to Progress Over Perfection. This is Russell Fugan. I'm so excited and grateful for all of you who have been listening to this podcast over the last 10 weeks. This is episode number five, and, and we can't wait for you to dig in. There's somebody special that shows up in Sila's life, and I can't wait for you to hear all about this amazing guy. <laughs> it's me, of course. Anyway, um, subscribe, share it, listen. You're going to shed a few tears. You're going to laugh with this podcast. I'm just believing and hopeful that this podcast um, this episode and the episodes previously and to come will continue to touch the lives of, of others and so we're just so grateful for the feedback and response we've gotten so far so again share it with a friend leave us a review um, and do uh, subscribe and stay tuned for more but check out episode five third time's a charm progress over perfection welcome back Episode five of Progress Over Perfection. Episode five, but third time's a charm. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so what happened? You met some strange dude or something? Where, where, where are we this in your strange story? dude stalked me <laughs> on oh, the internet. <laughs> cut, 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 cut. No, um, seriously. Um, my sister told me to join Tinder. Which, y'all, I had no idea what Tinder was. Scandalous. She presented it to me that Tinder would connect you with common friends on Facebook. And you could check out the guy to make sure he wasn't crazy or married or whatever it may be. So Because Facebook always tells the truth. Oh, always. Doesn't Got it? it. Oh, yes. I want to be clear about that. <laughs> so yeah. I joined Tinder. But let me tell you, I quickly realized this joint was a hookup site. People on here trying to meet people and do all types of scandalous things. Swipe left things. and swipe right. Let's go. <laughs> so I really never got back on it. Um, how did you end up on Tinder? My cousin said I should try it. Okay. So same same thing. I got a referral. You know, I think we were a little bit old. Even back then, we were a little a old. A little old. <laughs> a little old. For, I mean, we were in our early 30s, a little old for the Tinder thing, but. I had a younger cousin who was I was like, in my mid thirties. I don't know about well, you, okay. young and tender, right. yeah, but right. I was in my mid thirties. You're young and tender, but um, I definitely thought we were old for it. But I hopped on there, and so yeah, so. yes. So um, he he had swiped right. I guess that means you like me. Yeah, I had realized it was a hookup site, and I was like, oh heck no, I ain't dealing with this. Mm -hmm. So I never went back on it. But I'm the idiot that doesn't know better than to use my real name yep. on. A dating website. Yeah. So I used Sila. Yep. I think that many Sila's out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Russell took to Instagram or Facebook or both um, to try to find me. But this was before. It wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard. There ain't that many Sila's. So um, this was before you could DM somebody in Instagram. True. And so there was like an extra app. It was the worst, oh, jankiest it was buggy, app ever. It didn't work. <laughs> so then we realized we both had WhatsApp app. Um, or what? WhatsApp. What's it called? WhatsApp. Okay, WhatsApp. Sorry. The WhatsApp app could have been another app. <laughs> okay, well, whatever it's called. That, that doesn't exist. Anymore. I had had it from communicating with friends back in Africa, and I guess Russell had had it also. So I wasn't comfortable with giving this guy from the internet my phone number. Mm -hmm. And so we talked on WhatsApp. Um, and we talked on there for a while. I remember that you conversation. Remember? I remember. Tell me about it. Well, I'm what, what I remember is that we talking about your brother's work in South Africa and how you've mm -hmm. been to South Africa and your faith. And that was just very intriguing to me that you had traveled internationally. I found like, I found I had dated women who had never left the country, didn't own passports. 
um, and didn't have you know a kind of perspective. And so I don't know that that got my attention that you that you had so you that like, perspective wow. and you were a person of you were a person of faith and had served right. That got mm-hmm. my that got my attention. So you were like, wow, this girl is beautiful. Mm-hmm. She knows Jesus. She well, owns a passport. Yeah. You were you were ready. I was ready. I, I, ready. I, want, I wanted to know more. I wanted to meet you. Yes. I, was, I was. I had you know made my mind up. So you asked me on a date, and what happened? So I invited you <laughs> to go to to. I invited you to for us. Well, it wasn't a date. Okay. It wasn't a date. We were going to meet up at yeah. halftime at the Redskins of, of well Washington now Washington football, football team. We're still me, you know the Burgundy and Gold FedEx mm-hmm. Field. So I'm there um, over the night. I think Monday it was night football. Monday night football. It was 2013. Mm-hmm. RG3. So you want if you're all fan, football fans, RG3. I think is after he came back from the injury, his second year. I didn't even and know it he was. was it was we, you know, the Eagles embarrassed us that night. I still remember that part too. Um, so I was there with my dad, who who used to play for the Burgundy and Gold. I was in a suite, and it was halftime, and I and I, you know, had um, I guess we were DMing or whatever at that point still. I guess or texting. And, um, I might have gotten your number. I can't. Maybe. Yeah, it's the timing at this point. So yeah, it's like let's let's um let's meet up. So I went out and I, my cousin was at the game with his sons, and I met up with him and was waiting for somebody else to come, but she never showed up. She never showed up. So let me tell y'all, my crazy butts uh, snuck into a suite, and once I had snuck into that suite, I was not leaving that suite. <laughs> so I kind of avoided him and never responded to him. And little did I know, I probably could have gone in his suite, not had to sneak in, and probably would have had more fun. But so yes, our first meeting didn't, well, did wasn't not meeting. work out no, because no. I ignored him. Mm. Um, so then Russell asked me on a real date. And let me just tell you guys, Russell is the type of person that if he makes plans for the third Thursday in March, a month or two months or a year in advance, he will be there on that third Thursday in March. If you don't hear from me otherwise, yeah. If you don't hear I'm from there. him, but I wasn't, I was not used to that. I dated the flakiest of flakies. And so I thought, okay, he asked me out on a Thursday for like the following Tuesday. I did not get a confirmation. I didn't get like a, hey girl, what's up over the weekend. So come Tuesday, I was like, oh, he's not for real. So I'm not wasting much. I'm not doing my hair, not doing my makeup. I ain't getting dressed for all this to go show up at a restaurant and be embarrassed because he doesn't show up. And I wasn't going to text him. I was waiting for him. So long story short, my dad had needed some medication. I had gone and gotten it for him, driven it to my parents' house. I'm sitting in my parents' house in Edgewater, Maryland. And Russell sends me a text that I'm says- I'm downtown in a Harbor, Baltimore. Yeah, he's in Baltimore. We, had a, we, had, we, had, we thought we had agreed on a restaurant. Yes. And I'm okay. like, I'm running a few late, minutes late. I'm parking. And I was like, um, I'm not there. I'm sorry. Like you didn't confirm and I didn't know if you really meant this and da, 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 da. So I told him I was at my parents' house. So now this is what he considers number two. Mm-hmm. First it was the Washington football team. Sweet. Didn't get to meet up. And now it's a restaurant. So now I've officially kind of stood him up twice. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was, I was, I was not happy. I mean, I had to kind of own, I didn't confirm. And I'm someone who puts, you now I'll put my head down and work. And then when it's time to like, play or go do have fun i'll pop up like all right let's go do it i'm not i'm not thinking about confirming and scheduling my the perfect weekend i'm 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 pretty you know, locked in um as an entrepreneur business person so anyway you know my, one of my my faults yeah. but so anyway so yeah russell o- kind of wrote me off 
He deleted yeah. me from Instagram, yep, the, was, the place he worked dying. so hard to find me and talk well, to me. He has now deleted me from. I mean, oh for two. Come on now. Yeah. You got to own at least one of those. And I felt bad because you, you said your dad was sick. I didn't mm-hmm. know if I could believe that or not at the time. Either, true. But I was like, okay, well. You thought I was flaky. He, well, so far you were. I, I showed up true. twice. So why were you so persistent? Why did you pursue well, me for I the hurt, third time? I hurt my oh, back. Third time. I hurt my back. And I was just, you know, I was... um laying around for a weekend and just thinking about life. Couldn't really do a whole lot. My back, I had really thrown my back out. And so I um, was just thinking and I was just, I was rereading our our DMs, our conversation. And I kind of got over like the frustration. And I, I think I just called you. Didn't I just call you? you? Yes. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't text or DM anymore. I just yeah. called you and said, you know, can we, can we get together? Like, what are you doing this week? Can we get together? And you said, yes. And I said, are you sure? You know, I said, how's your dad? And you seem to like have real answers about how your dad's health. Well, you were at a party in Bowie. I don't know I why I remember. I was at a breast cancer awareness fund. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I seemed to like, you know, I, I was ready to, to, you know, recognize that I didn't follow up. I had to own the last one and the football game was kind of hard in the crowd. I, I get it. So I was, I gotten over me feeling some kind of way about it and said, let me, let me try to have a formal do it right. Let's set something. I'll confirm, and we'll hopefully, you know, we'll we'll show up and meet. And I finally showed up. And you finally showed mm-hmm. up. We had a lovely first date. It was yeah. very very nice. It was okay. Good. Yeah. So tell me what your feelings were after our first date. After you finally get to meet this girl. Um. I was I was interested. You were you were you were beautiful. I didn't realize how tall you were, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I just knew I wanted to. I knew I wanted to see you again. That's what really stood out. I remember having and enjoying our conversation, and you talking about going to South Africa, and and you know, I think I shared about my business and so maybe some of my travels. I don't. I don't remember a whole. Lot. I remember there was this guy that I thought you looked like your sister. Yeah, he kept I remember that. Like I don't have like a huge memory of like what. How, I remember being. I remember how it being a, a, a nice conversation, mm-hmm. and I remember um, wanting to to see you again. Which I think we did like I think that date was on a Tuesday, and yes. I think I saw you like the final, that Sunday. I think mm-hmm. we got together. We did. You actually let me watch football, and we did. Know, which, we went on a football date. Yeah, at a, at a restaurant in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And um, and I guess you know I think I forget. Then things get in terms of third date. I don't know, but what do what do you remember? So I remember being slightly intimidated by you, but incredibly intrigued. Um, you were so different than anybody that I'm I had different. ever, I'm <laughs> oh Lord, <laughs> than anybody that I had ever gone out with. And, and it was very refreshing. Like I knew right away that Russell was a man of character and faith. Um, I also found that he wasn't the type of person that would play games. Like he was very direct, knew what he wanted. Um, he didn't beat around the bush. He just was like very impressive to me. Um, I remember shortly into us dating, my mom was in Africa visiting my brother. Um, and she called to tell me to read the entire story of Ruth and Boaz. And guys, I was not really coming back to God quite yet. Let me just tell you, I was still like um, angry with God and I don't know about all this. And and, I, and so I did it reluctantly, um, but it that story spoke so much to my heart. And even at that time, I was like, wow, like 
Russell reminds me a lot of Boaz. And we had had a couple of dates by then. Um, and I was really starting to have feelings for you. Um, so you asked him like our third date. I think we went to a restaurant in Annapolis. And then our fourth date. Oh, yeah. I remember. Mm -hmm. I remember we yeah. Our fourth date, we went um, to weekend. a Redskins event. Tanger Outlet. At Tanger Outlet. Yeah, we yes. went to the Tanger Outlet opening by National Harbor. Mm -hmm. And I knew you were different that mm -hmm. night because you asked me to hold your cell phone and put it in my purse. And I'm like, where do they do that at? What man is willingly giving a woman, and you didn't have a passcode either. And at one point I went to the bathroom and I was like, um, do you want your phone back while I go to the bathroom? And you were like, no. And I'm like, what? Who is this guy? Like he's willingly letting me hold his cell phone in my purse. Like I knew that you weren't- Nobody else wanted me. You weren't, <laughs> you weren't gonna be like, trying to hide all these things. If like right off the bat, you're being upfront and honest and not having secrets. And I never met a guy that was so willing. I mean, every guy I've ever known before that had passcodes upon passcodes. And then every time we were out, their cell phone had to be face down, never up because God forbid someone text them. So, and those are the things that women do pay attention to. So I started very quickly within the first couple of dates, realizing how different you were. See, as an entrepreneur, I was I was quite literally a, a sealer would learn like in the midst of like trying to do yes. transactions, like, like million dollar transactions mm -hmm. and like, not like multi-million, just like a million, maybe, you know, like <laughs> I don't make it sound bigger than it was and it ended up not being nothing. But the level of communication sometimes would like stress me out mm -hmm. that and the, the level of onness. And so when I, when I was wanting to go on a date and just unplug, I might take my phone because my temptation would be to check it and I would not be engaged. And so I was like, take it, you hold it. It's not in my pocket. It's not on me. If it rings, it vibrates. It's because like somebody, in my, you know, if somebody calls me is important, but in terms of checking email and texting anything, I wanted to not have it readily available. So I could and be I appreciated present. that. And, and then, and, and then I had nothing to hide. I didn't have, and I, I ain't made no promises to you and nobody else at that point. So someone else, you know, wanted to send, you know, but no one, you know. So I, 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 I don't have time for that. That's how I roll. So anyway, I'm sorry. So guys, <laughs> let me be honest. We had a very short dating time, and then boom, I'm pregnant, and I'm freaking out. Now, when I say freaking out, if you've listened to my previous podcast, you know that I've been told my whole life that I cannot have kids. I take like eight pregnancy tests at home from the cheap one from the dollar store to the $30 one with the electronic that says pregnant because I really did not believe it. I live in Virginia at that point. I drove to Nova Hospital, told them I have all these pregnancy tests that are positive, but I cannot get pregnant. I don't understand what's going on. They took blood. They come in and they're like, ma'am, you're pregnant. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I can't be pregnant. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I was freaking out. Um, I was really scared. Um, I wasn't sure what to do or what I wanted. If I wanted Russell in my life or if I didn't want Russell in my life, I tried pushing him away. Um, you would call and try to come and see me or try to take me out or try to do this or this or that. I mean, at one point you asked if you could bring me a Christmas tree because I was like, I'm not decorating for Christmas because I just was trying everything I could to push him away. I was terrified. I didn't know what to do. Um, I, I just, I was scared, y'all. Mm. You were scared. Why, were, was you, scared. why were you scared? I was scared. Like I, I had come to the realization that I could never have kids. And now here I am single. We're not committed. We're not really together. 
Um, you know, I'm alone. I, I financially, I'm like, what the heck am I going to do? Um, it just threw me such a curveball in the midst of everything that was going on. And, you know, eventually I did tell Russell in a way to try to push him away. Um, he would not stop being persistent. And so finally I was just like, I'm pregnant, leave me alone. <laughs> um, and then you operated in such love and grace for me. Why don't you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I just that. started praying. I mean, that's what I think most, most brothers start doing. <laughs> when, you know, um, someone <laughs> when, when your girl started, well, I guess you weren't like my girl at that point officially, officially, but you know, you, you probably still thinking about it all these years later, but um, <laughs> especially these crazy kids we got now, yes. but um, yeah, I just started praying. Like that was what I think I even fasted periodically and just, I just pressed into to see what God was. I was in an interesting season, like in terms of my business life, my work life, my personal life, and was really trying to figure a lot of things out. So having this, you know, become a part of the equation, I need to figure things out quickly, right? As a man. And so I just started praying and I just, you know, really asked God to like show me to see Sila how how God saw her, right? Like not as I saw her, as I interpreted her and her actions and her her behavior sometimes in terms of being pregnant and, pan and a, a little bit of a panic and, and you know, and understanding that and, and trying to figure out what the future would be and the commitments would be. Um, so I just, I prayed, I pressed into that reality and, and I felt like, and God, I think, answered my prayer. Um, and of course I had to have, you know, tough conversations and, um, but I, I had, I had significant peace. I think in hindsight, like looking at things and even things have happened since that time, I've, I would say I had a significant amount of peace about everything. And I think it was just a matter of getting you comfortable understanding your your past as I understood a little bit of it as we mm -hmm. talked. Um, Cause you didn't know a lot. I didn't know a whole point. lot, no. And so that was like, you know, that was like, okay, wow, what is what is this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So having, but having peace because I, I I prayed that very specific prayer. And I think about that prayer because I don't know where I learned that from, but I know that I spent a lot of time in church and in some men's groups and just being working for and being around, I think, good men, men of faith. And I think I just learned some things in terms of like how to pray and what to ask God for and understanding supernatural perspective. And, and so much of the world um, gives us a certain perspective and we learned a perspective and we're taught to be afraid and, and, and interpret things a certain way. But I knew that my interpretation was not going to be enough to understand how to proceed in this, in this particular season we're talking about. So that really helped me and gave me, and gave me peace. And I, and I really, you know, I, I clung to that um, throughout that, that time of transition. Yeah. For me, I wanted to pray and seek God, um, and like how I saw Russell and how I, if, if he was the person for me. And so I reflected back to what my mom had shared with me and said, she wants me to read the book of Ruth. And so as I reflected back on that, I started to see Russell as my Boaz. Um, because in the book of Ruth, Boaz is seen as a reflection of Jesus. Um, he's the guardian redeemer. He loves Ruth through all that she has been through, um, as the Bible describes her as an outsider, a sinner, impoverished, broken, forsaken, and struggling to make it. Like that's exactly who I was in that moment. So my mom was so prophetic in, in sharing that with, with me too, even before, you know, all of this season. So, um, 
Boaz also showed a lot of compassion and gentleness and generosity. Um, And because of love and choosing, because of Russell's love and for choosing to see me the way that God sees me, um, he lifted me out of like spiritual poverty because that's kind of where I was. He provided for my external needs, which were love and care and concern and all of that. Um, And honestly, guys, he gave me a forever home in his heart and in his life. And that's exactly who Boaz was for Ruth. So in doing research around the story of Boaz and Ruth, as my mom encouraged me to do, I learned that Boaz means strength is within him. And that is exactly how I would describe Russell. In fact, his mom has described him as that even as recently. Like she always knew that Russell had a strength within him. And that strength definitely carried me through these really hard times that I had to unpack past hurt for him to walk with me through my healing. Um, He was never intimidated or made me feel like my past choices Um, that I did of hurt and shame were too much for him. Um, His strength is what helped me heal. So um, as it says in the Bible that Boaz is a guardian redeemer, I feel like that's a perfect way to explain your love for me. You've been my guardian redeemer and you've really walked with me and helped me um, through that. We we tried to keep this baby a secret for a while, as long as we could. Uh, until we couldn't much any longer. Um, And we then obviously had to start telling our family. Some family members were skeptical, some were cool, um, and some were really judgy. I'm going to be honest. Um, I want to share this story because I think it's so important. I remember being terrified to tell my parents. I mean, so, so terrified. Um, I was having a child out of wedlock and it's not something that anybody in my family had done before. And in my mind, I was like, oh, here we go again. I'm doing something else out of order for this family. You know, I've already had two divorces. I'm not fitting into the family mold as if all of that wasn't enough. Now I'm pregnant and not married. So I went to my parents and sat on the floor. I literally sat on the floor at their feet, which I have never really ever done in my life, but I felt like that was a way to display reverence and to humble myself. Um, I had written a poem that I wanted to read to them and share the news. And And the news of me being pregnant was in the poem. I braced myself for anger and disappointment and everything else that I thought was going to come my way. And honestly, guys, I received the complete opposite. My parents were so happy for me. Um, They cried tears of joy with me. Um, My parents have seen me suffer Mother's Days and Christmas and families of family events. And they know how sad and depressed that I had been and how much I wanted to be a mom and that it just wasn't possible for me. Um, I remember expressing guilt about not being married and not having a husband to help me raise this child. And my parents held my hand and cried with me. And my dad mumbled these words. He said to me, I do not care who the father is. I know who the mother is. And she will be the best mother anyone has ever seen. And guys, that meant so much to me. Because in my moment of fear and shame and embarrassment and you know, not knowing how my parents were going to take this, the amount of love that my parents showed me and how my dad made me feel that he didn't care because he knew who I was and he knew that I would be an amazing mom. That has stuck with me for many, many years. Yeah, I miss your dad. That makes me I miss, miss your him dad. too. I miss your dad. Yeah. 
Let me get myself together, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't warn you we might cry sometimes on this podcast. I guess I should have warned you guys. I am very in touch with my emotions, as you can tell. Um, the support I felt from my parents was not what I expected, but it did really mean everything to me. Um, I didn't get that same reaction from everybody. I'll be honest. Later that evening, we had a family event um, and my parents proudly stood up and announced that I was pregnant. And that's when I started to experience the shame. Some of my siblings were actually really angry with my parents for them being so happy for me. Um, and they were worried about the shame and embarrassment that they would feel. That pe what would people think of them? And I remember um, specifically, you know, one of my siblings coming to my mom and being mad at her about why are you so happy for her? You should not be happy about this. She's not married and now she's pregnant and, da -da 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 and all this stuff. And, you know, my mom handled it with so much grace and stuck up for me and just was so happy for me. And that meant everything to me. So, you know, our, our, uh, why don't you share about telling anybody in your life before we move on to the next part? No, I mean, for me, it's the same thing. Like, I think there was certainly an expectation about, you know, what my journey to fatherhood um, and, and I guess eventually even marriage would, would look like. And so, you know, having the conversation with my mom was was hard. It was multiple conversations. Um, and and I, I think that was the hardest, the hardest one. And you know, I think my, 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 my dad, my dad is just like, great, you know, like, cool. Like, you, you know, and, and um, you know, my, my siblings were, I'm the oldest. So for them, it was just like, you know, my sister was expecting at the same time you were expecting. And, mm -hmm. um, and that kind of made it special. And so, um, you know, she was shocked as well. I think everyone, you know, ha you know, saw that, you know, very linear traditional path for me. I know, you know, and, and, you know, and so I think they were, um, they were shocked, but they were and excited and happy for me. Um, I think everybody was very curious as to who is this white girl and, you know, what, you know, what's, mm -hmm. what's, you know, what's her deal and what's that going to be? Um, you know, I think it's, it's certainly, well, I'm sure we'll, we can unpack some of that in, in future episodes. Yes. Um, but you know, we're in a great, I think, I know we're in a great place now and, mm -hmm. and, uh, but you know, it's taking, it's taking time, you know, and that's a whole nother conversation, but, um, you know, it was, it was work. Um, but at the end of the day, I know, um, I think both of our families, you know, in this season, you know, when it came down to it rallied around us and as, um, your family got to know me and my family got to know you, I think it became clear that, that for those, for those in our families who really know God and, and, and know us, I think it became clear what was happening and, and that it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. Our maternity journey, I say our because it was, it was both of us, was such a healing time for me, you guys. I, I lived in Virginia. I didn't have cable. I had internet, but I didn't have cable. So we spent so much time just sitting on the couch talking about- I spent about, a lot of time on the beltway. Yes, so, he know, did, y'all, because it was a long way for him to come and see me. Um, we spent so much time talking about the things of God and what we want for our future and dreaming about our children. Russell would spend- so much time praying for me, you guys. It was the sweetest thing. I had never had a relationship where a person would anoint me and pray for me. And he would not only anoint me, but he would anoint my belly and he would pray over me and our child. And we did not know a boy or girl at that point. I think we had some silly names for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah. during my entire pregnancy, he would share words that he felt like the Lord had given him for me and, and now Paige. Um, so during the time of conception until I gave birth to Paige, God used Russell in such a powerful way to bring me back to God, to a deeper relationship than I had ever had before. Uh, as I had shared on my last, one of my last episodes, I think it was the last, I had walked away from God and felt this whole Christian thing, you know, 
was it wasn't probably for me. Um, but it really amazed me how God used the one thing that I had always wanted to draw me back to him. Um, he could have used anything. I could have, you know, I, I could have had a car accident. I could have, you know, oh, got cancer. I could have done all these different things for me to like realize I need to come back to God. But God is so loving that he gave me the one thing that I always wanted that I never thought that I would have as a way to bring me back to him. Um, and that was through Russell and the gift of having a child. So it's just another example of God's love for us and how he doesn't condemn or shame us, that he's such a loving God and he'll get our attention with love and miracles. So um, eventually we had Paige and- uh, We did? Yeah. I mean, I don't know where we go from here. I mean, <laughs> we had such a great time during the, the conception to birth. Um, it was a great, we had a little bit of difficulty with her being in the NICU we, we, for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we, we moved back to Maryland. First we moved back we, to Maryland. We moved her yes, back to Maryland. Closer to my support I remember system. going to opening day at Canyon Yards in April. I think we moved that day. We moved that we day. We moved that day. And so, and then went to Canyon Yards opening day is a picture of us there. You were, I guess, what, six, seven months, six, six, five or six months pregnant. Mm -hmm. But you, you know, we went to the game and had a lot of fun that day and uh, it was a busy day, but we, you know, got you moved and, and, you know, I pretty much moved in at this point, at that yes, point, at that point too. And um, so, yeah, it was a season transition. And, and um, I think similarly for me, it, it refocused me and I had been in a situation where I had recently left the church where I'd been hurt and, um, you know, had, had certainly, um, you know, not been actively engaged with my faith. And so, um, you know, I know we, you and I started going to church together and, um, that was big for me. I had not been going to church yep. and I don't make, I don't make going to church to end all and be all, but also it was, a, you know, it was intentional for not, for myself and then for us as a couple to, to push into our relationship and figure out what our family was going to be, um, you know, in this, in this season as, as, you know, as, as a couple and as parents, you know, and so, um, it certainly pivoted and shifted my life dramatically as you, as you can imagine. And I think, you know, God used it for me to much, to mature me because, you know, all that praying, I mean, I think part of me was like, you know, I won't say I was scared, but it was just a, cause it wasn't like fear. Like I was, I was paralyzed cause I, I knew God. And so, but I was certainly, there was a big unknown and I knew that um, I wanted God to be close to you and to us to make sure all this worked out. And there was a lot to, to work out at different points. Yes. Um, it doesn't seem as big in hindsight, but I know in those moments it seemed it seemed big. Seems you know, huge. just having conversations with, with 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 parents, you know, with you know, and you know, us with my parents and her with you know, her parent, like just just that was like, oh my god, on you know, we're doing this on Saturday. Let me pray up for that, you know, yeah. like. And now it's like I laugh because these are you know, like we're so we're all family. So it's just been you know, it was just a beautiful thing how God how God used all that season, and I was certainly between business deals and. And we'll talk more about that in a future episode. Um, and Sela had a lot of wisdom about my business dealings, which ended up being very on point and helping me. So it was just amazing. So we got married. Um, what was it? Six months when Paige was six months old. Yeah. Yeah. So we got married when Paige was six months old. She was actually in our wedding. We chose and got the baby dedicated and got day. dedicated. And so yes. did my nep our nephew. Mm -hmm. So we actually chose to get married a Friday afternoon, I think at 11 o'clock. 
And that was intentional. It For us, it wasn't really about a big to-do and a big wedding and a bunch of people. It was really just about us. And whoever could come, could come. And whoever didn't come, it was totally fine with us because it was just about us. And that's what we wanted. So we got married. We did the I do's. They pronounced us husband and wife. We walked out. We came back in. And then we dedicated Paige and we dedicated our nephew, nephew. Yep. at the same time. And that was so special. It was such a special day for us of just, it wasn't a show. It wasn't a big, it wasn't all this money being spent. It was just about our love for each other, our love for our daughter. And it was about 800 people, maybe uh, maybe about hundred people. Mm -hmm. And it was very Mm -hmm. chill and low key and it was perfect and we loved it. So, um, you know, we then, you know, we're living in Crofton and honestly, guys, I got to tell you, I thought the page was the one and done. I did not think by any stretch of the imagination that God was going to give us another child. And I would often tell Russ, like, please don't pressure me. I don't know if this is going to happen again. I don't want you to be disappointed if this doesn't happen again. You know, and I was so fearful that it wouldn't happen again. I just wanted to keep trying. You, know, just, just, <laughs> you just want to practice? I just wanted to keep trying. I like, I want to keep trying. And so three I'm, years I'm later. T- I'm determined. I'm stubbornly determined. You are. Three years later, <laughs> we had Natalie. Mm-hmm. So God blessed us with two. Mm, and girl, we are, dad. And we yeah, are done. Yeah. Mama is says shop is closed. Ain't nothing else <laughs> happening around here. Uh, we have a Naval Academy student that we sponsor, and that's where Russell can get his boy fix. He plays on the football team, so <laughs> he can get his boy fix through that. My boy, okay, easy with that. It sounds okay. Well, you know what I mean, son. <laughs> sorry, he can live out his son dreams, and he's already on a football team. So there we go. You know, so, there you go. Yes, yes. So yes, yes, yes. so that's kind of where we are as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about adopting. We did. We talked uh, about adopting you know, your, and foster. Your father, your father was my father was and, adopted, and you've been a foster mom, and I've been a foster. As we've parent, talked about in this. So space as well and so we've talked about about that i think in, in future seasons is something we we were actually beginning to explore right before the pandemic and then the pandemic hit so like we got to get through these with these two we already got um but certainly um, sponsoring the naval academy student has been a, has been a blessing and yes. you know we'll, we'll see what the future um holds for i know we both have big hearts for for, for, for young people for mm-hmm. children um and, and maybe fostering and, or adopting. And, yeah exactly mm-hmm. so um yeah so yeah, that's our, our journey. So I know a lot of people in my life now that know me post kids, you know, often see as, oh, well, you have it all together and you're a beautiful family and you're, you know, husband and kids and, you know, but a lot of people don't know everything it took to get here. And so I just encourage you, if this is the first episode you're listening to, to go back and listen, because a lot of times things seem so perfect. Family seems so perfect. I hear that all the time. And I think to myself, oh, honey, if you knew half of the stuff I've been through, you would not be saying it was perfect because it was far from it. Um, So we have so much more to share in our journey, but we're going to leave you with that today. So, All right. Well, let's um, see what you have for the encouragement today. All right. Hey guys, so for the encouragement, I encourage you to be open to different and to get out of your norm. I see a lot of people saying things like, he's not my type or she's not my type or I'm only attracted to XYZ. And honestly, that just might be your problem. You keep going after the same type of men or women and you wonder why you keep getting hurt or why it doesn't work out. Sometimes letting go of your preferences and opening your heart to something different, you might be surprised what God has for you. Next, don't allow others to shame you because you do 
something different than their idea or what their idea of God's order may be. Um, so what we had, so, so, so what I'm saying is, so what we had a child before marriage, um, God is still using our story and we are still living a life honoring to God. Don't let others shame you in, in, because your journey looks different than ours. I know I definitely experienced that. And that's something that I'm learning to let go of, but a lot of people have their own opinions of how things are supposed to look. And if yours looks different, it's okay. Don't let their shame for you make you feel bad about yourself. Um, la- the next is if you struggle with infidelity, please know that there's hope. I struggled with it my whole life. Um, and I had page at 36. I counted out all hope for ever being a mom and look what God has done. I also want to reference back to something that I shared in episode four about me being angry with God because I felt like he wasn't keeping up his end of the deal. You know, I talked about, I delighted myself in the Lord and he was supposed to give me all the desires of my heart. Well, finally, I got the desires of my heart and they have been way more beautiful than I could have ever imagined. So if you're in a moment that you feel like, why is God letting me down? Maybe it's just not your timing because I would not have wanted a child with either of my two ex-husbands. I am so thankful that God did not give me those desires when I thought I wanted them. And lastly, I really felt I need to encourage those of you that are feeling hopeless and helpless and on the verge of despair right now. It is so hard to keep trusting, believing, or hoping when you feel disappointed, betrayed, heartbroken, misunderstood, rejected, abandoned, overlooked, or unwanted. When your energy is depleted, your mind is tormented. You've lost your joy, And you can't even remember when you last felt any semblance of peace that you just want to give up. Giving up sometimes seems much easier than getting back up. Or letting go seems much easier than moving forward. The enemy has been working overtime to take you out because you matter and you have a purpose. The reason you're still here is because Jesus is holding on tight to you. You don't have to you don't have to hold on. Just fall into his loving arms. He's got you and he's not letting you go. Trust me. I know. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Hey, it's Paige. So proud of you, mom and dad. Keep sharing.